Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 214 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I talk to Ivan Espisto and Josema Roig Nebu of Melbot about their multiplayer puzzle game, Melbit's World. Before I delve into that, let's talk about the other shows on the Canaan Ridge umbrella, or should it be under? Anyway, Canaan Rinse every Monday this week featured, or features, Virginia. Yes, awesome game. Let's talk about that at length. It's great. And then we have Sound of Play on a Wednesday. We'll be chatting about music, about video games. That is found on video games. Yes. <laughs> Every Wednesday. It's an awesome podcast. It lasts about an hour or so. And it's very relaxing, very meditative. Highly, highly recommend it. If you want to know more about what else we make and produce in regards to content, there's blogs, there's reviews, there's all sorts of things. And an active forum of all things. Oh, I know. You can go to caneandrinse.com and uh, there you'll find out more about the podcast we produce and other blogs that we make. Other blogs? Just blogs. Uh, there's one on the Castlevania TV show that Netflix released. It's very, very, very good and uh, sort of breaks down as to why it's very, very, very good. So yeah, you should check that out. And then finally, if you like our stuff, if you like what we do and you want to just you know, throw us a few shekels our way every month, a dollar to be precise, then you head on to Patreon. You just subscribe to Patreon and by doing so, you get extra stuff, you get extra content, you get a monthly podcast that's exclusive to Patreon listeners. You also get extended editions of Cane and Rinse. I know, exciting. So if you want to do, be part of that, then, you know, knock yourself out. And finally, finally, one more thing. We're on Twitch now. I know. It's awesome. Yes. Kane and Rinse on Twitch. Just look up, look up Kane and Rinse on Twitch and you will see the Twitch stream. And we are now doing, at very minimum, a weekly Twitch streams. Me personally, I'm doing a, a Twitch stream every week on a Sunday evening. But there'll be other hosts of Kane and Rinse also doing streaming as well. We're just sorting out the schedule as we speak. We're doing it for about a month now. It's sort of like a soft launch of it. But it's really quite established now. So every month, every week, I'm actually at least... <laughs> Uh, at the moment, we're, we're we're doing a stream, so do do pop along and uh, follow the channel. Be awesome. But that's enough about me. Let's go on and delve into the main bulk of the show. Enjoy, Ivan and Hosema. 
Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, hey, Chris. <laughs> hey. How uh, you doing? Hi, hi. How you doing? Hi, everyone. Uh, I get, I get, I get tired myself. So I'm Ivan, uh, as you said, Ivan Exposito. I am the co-founder and and studio lead of of Melbot. Uh, you know, Melbot is like the creator of of Melbit's uh, world, who has been just released for PS4 this last uh, you know Christmas season. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Basically, uh, I come from a completely different background other than video games. I'm I'm I am an industrial designer myself. So I'm fairly new to the industry, but but I think in you know in terms of like creating uh, a product that people is gonna heavily interact with and that is gonna you know experience. There's a lot of like you know similarities in in you know in industrial design and and video games. Uh, you know, uh, I just. Mm, uh, I joined the the project of of you know making a something very special that involves uh, toys and video games of this friend of mine who is called David who is the other co-founder of of the company. So so yeah that that the, this adventure started for me like you know two and a half years ago. And yeah no and, and right now we just released our first game so you know Apparently we're doing fine. Yeah, exciting times. <laughs> so, so yeah, exciting times. I'll leave it to Josema. Josema, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I want to complete what what uh, Ivan said. Uh, so actually, Melbot and and Melbits started um, as a project that involved very heavily, as he was saying, uh, toys and toys that are going to interact with screens and screens that are going to go back to the toys, and that's something that. That we're happy to talk about maybe a little later because that's not you know that's not the game that we that we release right now but it's um it's a, at the core is like that innovation that like crossover between between industries and that that takes me to introduce myself because uh i come from video games a little more uh because uh in my in my career that started as a filmmaker and as a storyteller, that's what I've been doing for, for over a decade. What I what I ended up doing was uh, was very interested in VR, and and to to find my way in, I ended up working, uh, directing and, and coordinating voiceover and motion capture for for video games that you all heard of, uh, like uh, Fallout 4, Tomb Raider 2, uh, and other monsters like um, Dishonor, Prey, uh, Life is Strange. Uh, uh, I didn't have lead positions in those games. I I helped create the narrative. I helped uh, develop um, some of those narratives and cinematics, and and that was a very very great learning experience. Um, coming from film, suddenly I found what what was different about video games that makes it very special and also like very complicated because um, it's been it's been monopolized for a long time by these uh, big studios, and you know the the access. The, like the entry level was very very hard, and that has changed, and that's one of the reasons why I joined Ivan and and David uh, not so long ago. I've been always a friend of the project, and I I've known David. Uh, we were we were college classmates and and then roommates, and we've been friends for for over a decade. And when they started this this adventure, I was I was just really excited. But I, I was kind of like watching from the fence, and and halfway uh, the the opportunity to to release the game in the U.S. and like, um, and you know that 
you know, they needed uh, as a foot here uh, because I, I'm right now talking from Los Angeles, California. And, and I knew the market a little bit better. I had some connections here. So I just started helping with business development. And obviously, um, you know, it, it immediately got into, into some, um, you know, I'm basically a partner. I'm basically a partner and I, I'm really happy to have joined the family. He's yeah. the he's the man. He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hearing from you from you both is, I mean, first of all, you answered the first two questions. The first is who are you, and the second is how did you make your start, and you already answered answered those, yeah. which is wonderful. It's lovely. I think you. it's fair that we kind of like introduce a little bit David as well, who is the guy that couldn't make it today, and no. he's like you know, like the the the, the other you know corner of the tri trifecta. Right. You know he. he he comes. He he's been heavily involved in video games, you know, from 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 a long time. You know, he he's been contributing to several, you know, first party titles for for PlayStation. Um, and he was a big, he played a big role in the in another kind of like franchise that was kind of you know kids oriented in PlayStation, who was was called Invisimals. I don't know if you if you remember that, Chris. Yeah, too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that was one of the actually, you know, not no one makes like you know enough justice to that kind of product because it was one of the first, you know, commercial video games that used AR mm. in in the industry. I don't know it was like a PlayStation. I don't know PSP or PS Vita, like you know. Yeah. One of the both. first, both right? You know, yeah, the first one, yeah, like, both, like you yeah. know, you <clears throat> use the camera of the of the of the of the console is to track like these kind of like monsters that were like hiding, you know, in your environment. And, and that was like a major breakthrough at the moment. So David was involved in that. And obviously in all the, you know, different titles that, that, you know, came after that, you know, in, you know, PSP, PS Vita, uh, mobile and, and PS4 as well. So, I don't know if there were like, you know, six or seven titles in the whole franchise. And he also had the chance because, you know, it was a first party game. So Sony bought the IP. So the, the IP was like, you know, uh, Sony. And he was coordinating also the toys. Uh, you know. There was like a lot of uh, um, <clears throat> merchandise that being done and toys. So he was coordinating all that. So hence the, the you know, that kind of like transmedia kind of, uh, you know, thing uh that was yeah uh, i will i will say like because you know there are many developers listening and and i know this this could be an interesting detail is that he went to la universidad pompeu fabra right. uh, pompeu fabra college university in in barcelona which has spawned like a lot of really good uh developers uh many of them Many of his classmates are now in like CD Projekt, uh, Rockstar. Um, uh, I think there's somebody in Sony Santa Monica now. Uh, it's you know it, it's a really good school that that um, some of the teachers. One of the teachers was uh, was actually his his boss at Novorama when they started working on the Visimos. And I think I think that um, you know that's a that's a good tidbit if someone is looking. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean You've definitely answered the question. This is your first title, uh, and you've come from different backgrounds. Uh, I think you know the, uh, the, the film industry is obviously typically it's linear, unless it's Netflix now with Bandersnatch. That was crazy, um, but yes, that's right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch oh, that? It just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. I don't know what ending did you got, but, you know, something to take aside, you know, conversation about that because it completely blew my mind. For me, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but there were some aspects where it asked you to destroy the spectrum. I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> Put to your no, I can't do that. Kill your father instead. Yeah, exactly. Kill your father instead. Which was um yeah, and there's the the bit of the balcony. But anyway, it's uh, we digress. And although that's a fascinating crossover between the two mediums there. It was like uh, hey, games can do this, they can change the narrative. Because that's what you know, that's what they do. Um for the most part, not always, but uh and there's this, this narrative in Melbits, whether you like it or not. There's stories being told by the people who are experiencing the game rather than the levels. The levels that the game itself just creates yeah, a platform from people to, to make stories from. So it's lovely. Emergent yep. gameplay, I believe, or emergent experiences, as I prefer to call them. So mm-hmm. you've answered the first two questions already. Well done. So the next one is a little bit difficult to answer. Don't worry, just take a deep breath. But um, I've always, I always love asking it because it's, it gives a sense of where you're going uh, as, a, as, a, as a studio. So um, there's two of you already, uh, as the third, but uh, I'll ask you, as, as a studio, what do you believe you are, are your biggest influences? Uh, good question. A good question, very good question. Mm. As a studio, oof. Just like I mean, as I, a creative yeah, force, yeah. Obviously, you know, as you? a creative force, yeah. I, I as Josema already, you know, pointed uh, in a conversation before the interview, is like you know, music is is there as a big, you know, mm. at least for that for the David and myself, like you know, music is is very important. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, and and music and art, is, there's so there's two, you know, kind of like creative disciplines that always go a step, you know, uh, you know, in the future of what's being doing, being done commercially, right? Video game is like you know, fairly close. So yeah, music has been like a huge, a huge, 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 uh, you know, source of inspiration uh, from us. And also, we're like you know, all of us we've been born in the in the eighties, right? Yeah. So yep. you know, early video games, you know, not only you know console but also PC, yep. you know. They've played a big role in our kind of like you know, you know, foundation of well, the. Well, we're co- European. The video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have the NES, right? We didn't. We, we yeah, had, yeah, we did. We had the C sixty four. We had the Amstrad. We I know Spain loved the MSX. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we yeah. you know we 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 saw you know Solid Snake years before everyone else did, um, and it was you know I, I get that and I can really relate to that sort of experience growing up in a world filled with computers, which means that. Yeah. That's why Europe has such an extraordinarily strong um, game development community because of that legacy. Um, in my opinion, it's just, that's what I think. Yes, yes. Also, like you know, yeah. in terms of like you know, uh, I'm talking. I, th- I I think I'll be talking uh, with uh, you know on on David's uh, you know through David's mouth as well. It's like you know we we had like a huge arcade arcade uh, room culture in here like you know when we were kids mm-hmm. like you were like getting like you know quarters or something and just going just to spend it on the arcade machines like you know and there's like there was like a lot of like interesting you know dynamics between the players in in those rooms like you know while you were playing to you know whatever you know a cubert or yeah. i don't know 
you know, and and this, and then after that, like you know, three fighters and you know, odd runs and and so on. So, so you know, that that kind of like influenced a lot our, you know, way of thinking about about gaming. I yes. think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to say that um, like simplicity is something that that has been you know, a, a huge asset for indie games, right? Uh, while AAA games and, and all stuff is just very complex, everything gets this RPG element, suddenly you have all these menus and everything. And we knew from the beginning that it's just it's a small studio. You know, the scope had to be very, very important. So that's why we look back at, at games like Lemmings or even um, a story that we really like is that the creator of Lemmings went out to, to create the first GTA, the first Grand Theft Auto. Right. So those um, those concepts are simple. You know, it all relies on the simplicity of of the relationship between the player and the game. You know, it's, you know, no huge cutscenes and no like inventory. You know, it's it's all about a, a direct uh, relationship with the game. And that's something that indie games are doing very well. And and we we knew that that had to be our strength because it couldn't be. This massive thing that you constantly say, you constantly see uh, indie developers with teams of like ten people, fifteen people, trying to make massive games that end up being a little short. And and for us, it's very important that we'll have like few elements that we're we're gonna work very good. You know, it's it. We know it's a game that looks more expensive than it is, and and bigger than it is because we try to keep it small. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it and, makes and those sense. Are, Did you you reduce your the amount of uh, assets you have to create, and you know you create these the, uh, a model or a system that is flexible and allow, allows you to make some extraordinary things without too much effort because you don't have the resources to expend to make that effort. Um, uh, there's a fine line, but I think you've managed to not cross that line. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's. That's why, like arcades, uh, like I remember, uh, like we were at the, it was at the Madrid Games Week, I think, when we were like all playing all four with uh, with a kid that probably was like I don't know, like ten years old, and we we're playing like uh, Outlaws, and we we're just Outriders, uh, and it's just it's just really fun, you know, to to be able to relive that experience of like joining friends and just laughing it off, and you know, oh, you killed that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's something that that we wanted to recreate, and I think I think it's palpable in the game. Yeah, and that's clearly an influence for you. You get music, of course, and there's definitely a rhythm to what you've made here yeah. in Melbourne's world. And you, it's not you know you don't have to run with it, but it's helpful that you do uh, because it helps you with the timing of triggering the devices and stuff. We're hinting at stuff, yep. uh, listener. We, we get it, or listeners. Uh, we, 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 we're getting it, but uh, bear with us. We're going to delve deep into Melbourne's world uh, in the second half, as, we, as you yeah. know, if you're a regular listener. Yeah. But, um, I want to I wanna say I want to say one more thing about music. Uh, yeah, so yeah, sure. it's kind of it's an Easter egg, but when you finish a level, you see your Melbits, the Melbits that actually made it, and you see them on screen, and if you tap the the screen of the phone uh, that you're managing, um, that you're controlling, you can dance with them. You know, you can use the gyroscopes to dance with them, and that's honestly that's one of the best parts of the game. And you wow. see people just reacting to that, and it's just awesome. That's fantastic. When they discover it, it's awesome. But yeah, yeah, I do know about it. <laughs> it's just so much joy. I recently uh, streamed Loco Roco, 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, just that game is full of joy. It's... Just pure, unadulterated joy. And um, I couldn't help... I had a gormless face look on my face throughout the whole stream. It was just, you know, I was playing on my PSP. Cause it's on the PS4, apparently, but I didn't know that. I just thought, oh, I'll just stream for my PSP. It'll be fine. And uh, it worked out really well. So, next question. This one's also quite difficult because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, potentially. So bear with it. Brace yourself. Uh, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, I, I personally have to say uh, Warren Spector. Um, I know, I know he's kind of out of the game. He's now teaching, uh, but I think Deus Ex, um, and I mean, this is a personal thing. This is, this is me. And, uh, and I, I just, I just miss that, um, kind of level of commitment to, to bigger games, you know? And, you know, I, I had the chance to talk to him once and he, he told me something that stuck with me. It's like, I just spent several decades trying to recreate my first uh, Dungeons and Dragons game. The first time that I played with my friends at a, at a table, we just played D&D. And that stuck with me because uh, we, have, we have big plans for the, um, for the company. And this is just the beginning. And, and I know our games will get more complicated. And that, that's a figure that, that to me is very, very inspiring. Yeah, um, I mean, I can relate to the uh, D&D because I do play pen and paper role-playing games right now and I find that there's a crossover between uh, D&D and that uh, when, you, when you're DM or GM, what have you, when you're developing those games, there's, there is a little bit of game development going on because you're trying to, you know, create an entertaining experience for four or five people. <laughs> so that, that's right that's right yeah. no it's funny funny enough yeah david david was um was dm of a cyberpunk cyberpunk uh game that lasted for like two and a half years wow. that we played at our house and and you, you can tell yeah. in a way yes yeah. <laughs> well my, myself yes. I, I think i'm sorry I'm, but i'm i think i must say john romero <laughs> oh, right nice yes nice. yes i don't know you know the it's just like you guys remember the first time that you played Wolfenstein 3D? I oh, for sure. That, that thing was just like completely just like I was dreaming about it like for months. Wow. And uh, you know, I just like the the I don't know. I just like and also himself as a as a he I think he embodies like the perfect you know video game developer kind of like you know long hair, dark, weird <laughs> kind of guy. I don't know, it's just to me such an icon. And and I don't know. I just like, you know, the whole thing, like, you know, the the the, that what he did, like, you know, just putting that like, you know, depth to the perspective and you know how you know I don't know how immersive that that first like, you know, shooter kind of Wolfenstein thing was. And it's completely just like I think he just he changed it. He changed a lot of things. With, with that, I think just like that, that's in, he's in my heart for that. It's, <laughs> no, for, for sure. Big, great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom is still fun, everyone, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> there's, there's a game that's over 25 years old. It's 27 years old now. It's still yeah, also fun. The, it's still the, fun. The, use, the use he does 
of the violence is very Tarantino somehow. It's just like it's for the sake of it, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I respect that a lot. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just an astonishing experience, uh, game, and uh, I'm happy to say that I never forget my very first telefrag. I was like, blew my mind. How did you die? Well, I followed you. <laughs> but you, oh, oh, oh no, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah it's just I never forget it. Never forget it. One of my favourite uh, gaming moments: that and killing Nefarian in World of Warcraft. Take a drink, everyone. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry, I will never mention World of Warcraft to listeners though. Oh god, he's mentioned well, it's only a matter of time. But yeah <laughs> I was I was in a raid, killed Nefarian. Yay. But uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. That and, and Doom, they're, they're up there. Uh, uh so the last question. Ended the first half, so you made it. Well done. Um this is a question I have to ask because we're it's a podcast about video games, so I have to ask it. What are you playing right now? Okay, so I just finished uh, Greece, uh, the the Nomad, yeah, the the yeah. Spanish video game. I, I honestly, I usually don't buy games when they come out. I, right. I really, I really don't. I really don't. I wait often for a long time for offers. Yeah, yeah, and. And honestly, I just couldn't resist. I was like, this is just too pretty. And it's not expensive at all. I think they market it very, very well. But besides, besides that, it's just, it just, again, a very, very simple game made with so much love. Uh, there are moments in there. They're like, it might not be the most challenging game you've ever played, but it's just gorgeous. And like, it, it does make you feel things with very simple uh, game mechanics. Uh, I don't know you, you guys played it, but like, sometimes you just fall. And I have, I have a fairly big screen where I play uh, on my PC, and and I was like, boy, I have vertigo. Like I'm like, I, this is this tiny little like creature woman uh, falling, and I'm just feeling vertigo, and I'm feeling for her. And I'm like, this is really well done. So so yeah, that's I, I finished it two days ago. So that's oh. that's, that's what's up. I, I saw it at PAX West last year, and I was just, my mind was blown. I was like, that's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Um, Period. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, being British, I had no idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> it was gris, gris. It's like gris. Rice. It's like it's like it's like, like gris. It's gris like the country. Movie. I know it's not gris. I know that, but it's between it's, in between gris, the movie from John Travolta, and and gris, the I country. Know, so it's just like weird. It's gris. Yeah, no, it's just so frustrating. I'm probably hearing probably hearing these British people, British and American people going to struggling. Like, is it gris? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've heard that it's Grice, isn't it? No, it's not Grice. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I was yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised they didn't translate the name, but at the same time, it's like it's gray. Doesn't have it's the gray. same. It doesn't. Um, it's great. Because it doesn't has, feel the same. And gray has connotations of other. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't fit with the game, even though for Spanish yeah. it is that's that's the word for, for gray. But uh, yeah. Oh, frustrating. Languages. You do that. English <laughs> is the weirdest. I know you guys, it's your second language, but isn't it weird? Anyway, <laughs> all these weird rules, like, this makes no sense. I know. No, <laughs> no the English, what I, what I tell everyone who asks me about English is, yeah. is the same. It's, it's English is not a language. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bunch of exceptions put together. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, so uh, yes, what else have you been playing? So, so good yeah, I, yeah. I, I am 
Myself, I mean, you know, I'm kind of like the type of player that, you know, is not playing just one thing. I'm just playing multiple stuff. Uh, I'm not, but lately, what I am playing the most, believe it or not, is that <clears throat> game, uh, the drum, the Japanese drum game, Taiko no Tatsuchi. With the drums? With the yeah. drums? <laughs> no, no I, I don't have the drum. Oh. I'm playing with the, with the DualShock, but... It is so fun. I'm just trying to get myself like into it. I don't know. I love Aisha as well, and you can tell that by you know, right? It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I don't know. It's just like it, the game is not localized, so you know all the you know all the instructions and everything is in Japanese, and it's like you know all those kind of like you know high BPMs kind of like you know songs and the japanese voice and the drum and the funny faces like it just gets you somewhere right wow. so, <laughs> i like that a lot cool. and also i i just downloaded the um, in psn and i think i'm gonna buy it just right away there's a demo of a game it's, it's, it's i think it's 2015 or 2016 a game is called bound i don't know if, oh yeah if you guys know, it, it's like, you know, the, the main character is like a, it's like this weird kind of princess that, you know, moves like as a ballet dancer mm. in a really kind of abstract environment that just everything moves and the missions are very abstract. And it's, it's just like a, you know, very kind of like arty kind of like, you know, like kind of a la journey or Apsu, these kind of like games that are like the more experiential. Uh, I love that shit. I just, I, I, I just love it. Or I'm just like playing to like weird high BPMs Japanese crazy songs, or like to, to the other side to the most like kind of like trippy, you know, immersive kind of like you know aesthetic experiences game. I don't know. That that's me. That's good. <laughs> and I love I love John Romero. <laughs> Yeah, as, as yes, yes. Wow, okay. Get a room. Um, no. yeah. <laughs> I believe he is married, though. But uh, anyway, uh, no. For, for speaking personally, I, I, I played, um, I played Desert Strike on the Mega Drive. There you go. Bit of a. Oh boy! Oh, no. oh, oh man! Boy. I, just, I love that game so much. I love that game so much, man. That helicopter was my life. Yeah, I streamed it um, this, this Sunday. Just gone uh, as we're recording. Um, yeah, streaming for an hour, playing on my my Mega Drive. I just put the video signal through a capture device, and up it went. And I was playing it with my my my, my three button controller. I've got a six button controller as well, but I thought it doesn't make a lot of sense to use six button on a Desert Strike. But yeah, what an awesome game! That still holds up. It's an amazing, oh my God. amazing nice. game. So so yeah. satisfying to blow things up with that oh. with a helicopter. Those missiles were like the most satisfying at they the time were. for and sure. The sound, the sound, Amazing. so good, so good. But uh, and came out more or less the same time as Doom. There you go. So yeah, yeah it's an amazing experience. So yeah, and there's you know, there's lots of bits wrong with it, but it still holds up. You know, and uh, brutal game, very very difficult, very difficult. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Had, had layers. Layers! Well, that's it for the first <laughs> half. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We made it. Oh, we're so bad. Yeah. So now, the second half, where we delve deep into Melbit's world.
So, gentlemen, the first question is a question as regular listeners will know. It's a request. That's why it's known as a Earth question. This isn't one. Please tell us, what is Velvet's World? Okay, so uh, I'll just like get my stab at it, uh, my stab at it, and then you, Josema, you can add. So Melvin's World is obviously it's a it's a game that that wants to bring you know different players together because it's a it's a co-op game, it's a local cooperative game that we made for PS4 and for PlayLink. Uh, you might say it's your first game. Why doing a Playing game, you know, so you're like kind of like narrowing your your audience uh, somehow. Uh, but we wanted to do something that really it was really inclusive. So and uh, when we knew about you know playing and that you can just you play you know you control your PS4 with your phone, and there's nothing more inclusive than that. Everyone has a phone, right? So so basically that's Melvin. It's, it's a it's a it's a it's a puzzle game, obviously, but with a very kind of like, you know, arcade, you know, feel to it in terms of like, you know, uh, the progression or, and the difficulty. So the, the, the kind of like the, the twist um, of it is that the puzzles that you, you find in every, you know, level, uh, you have to solve them with the help of someone. So you cannot do it alone. So we force people to play together, um, and that itself is it's it's uh, it's uh, you know related to the nature of the Melbits themselves as as an, as a character and as an IP. So the 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 Melbits. What are the Melbits? So the Melbits uh, for us. Uh, and I guess for everyone. So we always like to say that that we didn't create the Melvits, that we just discovered them, <laughs> right? So Melvits are like these uh, kind of uh, lovely creatures, very adorable, uh, that somewhat uh, live uh, inside everything that is connected to the internet, right? So, you know, cell phones have, have Melvits in them, PS4s have Melbits in them, uh, computers, etc. So the Melbits are like, you know, if you can see like, you know, internet as a as a parallel kind of like, you know, universe, uh, uh, Melbits will be like, you know, the kind of, um, you know, things that make it kind of, they keep it together, that make it, they make it work, right? That That, you know, they somewhat kind of like keep the balance between the good and the evil on the internet side, on the internet kind of like universe. And the good, the good part is the Melvits, and the bad part are the viruses. So there's that you need to have this balance, right? So it's like the fantasy, uh, you know, the fantasy lens, but applied to to the internet, all with a very kind of like you know. Kawaii, kind of fresh, candy look and feel. So that that's that's Melvit in a, in a nutshell. I don't know, Josema, you have something to add? Uh, sure. I mean, the the forest has the fairies. The bridges have the trolls. The mountains have their their giants, and the internet has the Melvits. You know, 
we don't have a, a mythology for for internet and 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 we found these these little creatures that help bring the good vibes across across the web and the networks you know i honestly thought it was cats that's what the internet's for pictures of cats, <laughs> cats. yeah <laughs> and yelling at you know you... about brexit that's what the internet's for isn't it <laughs> yeah but the the melbits the melbits are going to help keep those at bay oh, you know right gotcha gotcha yeah yeah they will carry okay. your 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 cat's uh, gifts through the through the net so just yeah. to, to set this up, really, you're absolutely <clears> right. It's a, it's a unifier. It's like, you're right, everyone's got a smartphone, typically. There's always that one dude, though. But anyway, you can give them, you know, a tablet or something. For sure. Yeah, yeah. he's like, here's an iPad. Yeah. Go on, sit there with that. Well, they've got their Nokia 9610 or whatever it is, uh, which is fine because they can play Snake on it. But, uh, and they, you know, they have to recharge it for seven years. Um, but you're right, everyone's got a smartphone. And the control system, you simply download the app, Voila, you've got a controller, and it's very intuitive, and it's very precise, it's very, and it's very reactive. Um, so you've done a really good job there, although I understand the technology is quite hard because you have to make sure you're logged on to the, the, the local area network or the, the Wi-Fi that you're actually in, and you share that, and that's great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it works really, 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 really well. Uh, unfortunately, my, sort of my router actually sits on top of my PS4. I'm mm. not kidding. Uh, so the wire oh, wow. just, it just sits on top of it. I'm like, I've got nowhere else to put this. It's huge. I could stick it on the wall, but it looked terrible. Oh no, it kind of looks like a PS4. <laughs> uh, it does. It looks like a PS4. So I'll just sit on top of there. It'd be fine. And PS4 doesn't seem to complain. So uh, you know, because all the fans are on the back of the PS4, so it's fine. It's fine. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, I, I want. I, I I wanted to add one thing about the yeah. cell phone thing. So the thing is. Melbit's world is just the beginning. Uh, we like we really want to create an IP. We really want to have something that that endures uh, time, and um, part of that is something that that is cooking. and And I think I think we can talk a little bit about it, right, Ivan? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, sure. Uh, so this, as, as we were telling you, this 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 toy that is. Um, it's in the co- it's in the kitchen right now, and we're cooking. Uh, and this toy is uh, something that communicates with tablets and phones. And the idea of creating a, a game for PS4 that also had the connectivity with a phone, where you could actually uh, keep your mail bits and store your mail bits, and and in the future share them and also raise them and treat them uh, as little uh, tamagotchis that include all kinds of different gameplay that will go from from the toy. Uh, the the toy that we have prepared is it's a pot. It's like um, it's like an egg. And when you when you buy the egg, you can actually download the app. And then in the app, you have this um, this interface, this hub, where you can bring from the pot. You put it on the screen, and through these sensors, uh, you can actually hatch the the pot into your tablet or phone. And and then you have this little seed. Those, those are the seeds that you're collecting in the in Melbits world. Those seeds will become Melbits. And you can see in the in the game the the pod is already um, represented, and that's how you get your, your new melbits. Um, as you collect seeds, you can get those new melbits. That's not um, super implemented in Melbits world, but it's something that's going to grow. It's like a Trojan horse that we that we're building that will that will become the the bigger family of melbits down the line. So cash. cell phones. Nothing is casual. Nothing is we thought about it. We thought about it. Nothing is like random in oh. Melbourne. Yeah, 
exactly. We have it everything very, very, you know, okay. <laughs> thought out. So we've established the foundation <laughs> now. We, we know where we're going. Yeah. There's a plan. There's a plan. There's, There's a plan. A plan. There's a plan. <laughs> so here's my first design question. So here we go. Yeah. I've found when playing Melbits with others and, you know, uh, there's a problem with, I'm going to say it, it's not a negative thing. It's just a thing that happens. And um, Tunnel vision. People suffer from tunnel vision when guiding their Melbit, their particular Melbit, around the map. How do you communicate to the players not to do that? So when I say tunnel vision, they get so focused on... Yeah, their, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just how, one do, how, guy. Do you, how do you think Melbit's world communicates to a player like, maybe you should look at the bigger picture? What do you think maybe, you do? Uh, it is it is like, you know, the whole you know, the whole learning process in Melbit. And it's a part of uh, it's a part of like the whole kind of nature of the Melbits themselves. It's just killing 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 Melbits, right? So basically you'll learn not to not have tunnel vision but but because someone will tell you to just pay attention. <laughs> someone that is playing by your side or you'll be killing a lot of Melbits. So um in terms of like you know, how we encourage, uh, you know, not to be looking at just just, just one character. Mm. Whenever, whenever you just, I don't know, you probably realize, whenever you just like action, you know, you're tapping or you're like, you know, doing the spring or you're just like moving your, your uh, phone, every trap is reacting to it. And every trap has like a slight, it's very musical if you think about it. It's every, every trap has a little different kind of like uh, tone uh, in terms of like when you action it and there's like particles that pop out from the from the trap so that that helps kind of like the user to know the trap that he's manipulating and and that kind of like prevents to you to see that okay I need to focus in this part of the level like you know this like you know this quadrant because you know I have to just make sure that all the melbits cross through that chasm or whatever and then i also have to be you know on top of that spring that's over there because you know i have to you know i have to be uh you know on top of that when the members get there and it's also um a, a notion of like understanding uh you know the pace of of the different of the different members so it's a compendium of things that that we kind of like you know try to make the user uh the player to be very very focused in almost all the parts of the stage because you have to operate your trap but you have to maybe tell your partner when he has to operate their trap because there might be you know thinking in you know cats (laughs) 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 um but you know that's the beauty of it. Uh, you know, if if you nail it, if you just like do everything perfect, everything is timed to be like a symphony, right? Every level, like you know, just jump, boom, you put the melbit on that, you know, on that platform, and you turn it, and then and it's like almost like you see the melbits marching right through the stage. But if you just like lose your focus, like for two or three seconds, that's chaos. Yeah, right? so, and you get yelled so at. That, that's the thing. You get yelled at. You really do. Oh yeah. You break friendships. It's almost as bad as diplomacy. It's as terrible. It's 
What have you made? No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. like, what were you doing? Why did you push me off the side? Well, I needed to get... No, wait. Wait for me That's to right. arrive. But I just needed to... But to, <laughs> to, to be fine. Yeah. But he was going to punch me. No, he wasn't going to punch you in the face. <laughs> so so I, I, the thing is, the game is... Um, the game is very open, right? Like you, you walk into it and there's not a lot of, uh, explanation and that's because you got to learn by doing right. And when you, when you, you, you're only protecting your Melbit and your Melbit is the only one who gets to the other side, you still got the defeat screen, but you're done. You know, you learn, you learn very quickly that it's not a selfish game. But it's something that you need to learn by experience. I feel like a lot of games are giving you so many tutorials and like uh, trying to teach you that you are not really paying attention to the screen. So we we actually want to give the the players the focus back, you know. So that tunnel vision is, you know, some people have it, some people don't. Yeah. And and when when those people have it, they can only last for two, maybe three levels before they change their mind. And that's something that happens within them. You, we are giving them the tools for that, yeah. but it's 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 just not holding you by the hand. It's not an easy game per se. Like you were really, if you want to complete everything. It's a challenging game, it, and if it, you want to just like cross the levels, it gets harder. It uh, it looks really deceptive. It looks like a nice, warm, fuzzy, you know, fun, light-hearted. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's not, not, not. No, it draws you yeah. in. It's, 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 it's <laughs> Sorry. Like, uh, yeah, it draws you in. Sorry. You it's really, not really think that it's, uh, it's this lovely, warm, fuzzy game. It is a lovely, warm, fuzzy game. Yeah. Provided I, I, you, you know. <laughs> one, one curiosity as well that now that we talk about, about Reese, our, our um, level designer, uh, Oscar, he, he's the same level. He's, he's been also like doing the level design at Reese. Um, so, and this guy is, is he's amazing. He's, he is, um, you know, all the team is amazing. But, you know, Oscar is like, he has a particular vision about like, you know, what is hard and what is not. Um, and he always likes to pull like, you know, peaks of difficulty where you don't expect them, right? You might be thinking that, you know, the level number nine should be harder than the level number six, but it may not, right? Uh, yeah. So, so that's the cool thing about it that you never know when you're gonna find like a really hard, you know, um, situation that yeah. you have to really, really focus, or, or you won't make it. So that's that's something pretty cool about you know the difficulty in in Melvin's world. That I know it's like it's a different experience if you play just two people versus three versus four people. So it becomes a more like you know kind of intense experience uh, when you're just two. Or if it becomes more like a you know a, a communication kind of like challenge when you're four, right? So yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, one of the earliest four-player games I played, well, excluding GoldenEye and stuff like that. Let's push that aside because that was a different thing. But things like um, Broforce was that's that's one of the earlier indie games that was supported four four-player local multiplayer. It's hilarious, and you're right. You're yelling at each other, going, "Get out of my way!" <laughs> This is going to be a co-op, isn't it? And um, whereas Melbit's world is, is very different in that uh, there is a cooperative element, but it's really reliant on people's understanding 3D space and lateral thinking. Yep. It's a tough yep. ask. Uh, ab- ab- absolutely. We, we, had, um, we had this, this guy. Uh, it was 
use PlayStation Access, uh, I think, uh, and they 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 reached out to us, and and one of the one of them is uh, is this girl, and she she was just really like uh, attracted by the by the look of Melbits, and she forced her other three co-hosts, they're like you know this this manly man that like uh, a lot of killing games, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know. And, and, and we do too, but like it's it's not that's not the game we make, right? No, uh, so she 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 forced them she forced them to play it, and they they did a, a really good streaming. And you go from them being like, "What is this game? What are we doing here? Are you serious?" To like, "Oh my god, move it there! Oh my god, please don't!" That. Yeah. And they, and it, it it was madness. It was chaos, and it was it was so interesting because yeah. they ended up uh, naming the the streaming the headline of the stream was like, "Can our friendship sur- survive Melbits?" Yeah, <laughs> and that, it was, <laughs> and it was such a such a good like you know for other people they're like, "Oh, that game's look like Captain Toad but easier," and like, "Yeah, yeah, you go play it, you go play it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next question then. We talked about the uh, interface with the, uh, the uh, smartphones. How do you believe you exploited as much as you can this very different control scheme? Because you're not using a, you know, the, the D-pad or, or the, the joypads or whatever, or any other buttons, any tactile buttons. You're using a very, you know, a touchscreen device controlling another very large screen. Um, what do you think you've exploited, and what have you toned down? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, um, when you're, um, I don't know if you, you're a fan of playing games, but there's, there's a lot of technicality involved in, in doing, um, in doing, you know, a playing, a playing game uh, itself, because, you know, as you said, you have to make your phones, there can be an Android device that can be like, you know, thousand different brands. Or can be a you know an iOS based device, uh, so that the variety of like you know different phones that they have like different you know chipsets with different you know RF uh, you know capabilities, the different cameras, different you know it's 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 a nightmare, right? And you have to make them communicate with a PS4, and you have to try to minimize the lag minimize their you know it, it's it's challenging per se right? right so the the amount of things that you can do with the with the phone um and still be like a smooth experience um it does not there's not you know it doesn't give you a lot of room to play versus a a, a, a game that is just uh you know a mobile phone game that you can use the processor of the of the mobile phone itself and you know and just like because you have to be sending packets of information constantly to the to the PlayStation right yeah. so so it's it's limited what you can actually do i mean it's just like if you think in other playing games it's just like tapping sliding shaking typing mm. uh there's there's not much so the challenge when you do a game of this uh of this uh you know particular kind of like you know um category is is to to try to make the most of the little the the few things you can do rather than just to just try to do much right to to so basically in in terms of like you know we barely scratch the surface of what you can do with a mobile phone in this game but it's not that the, i think it's not that the focus it's more like just just focus on the on the 
uber simplicity of the interface uh, and just give it like a little bit of a twist like you know taking your selfie typing your name you know those things that you because engagement but in terms of like you know what the focus was in terms to be you know responsive and and self-explanatory and intuitive right instead of like you know I don't know if, know if, if it makes sense to you but it's like it's difficult because you always want to do more and then it's just like the, the technical limitations that they bring you you know yeah. down right but we're pretty satisfied with it I mean you know in, in terms of like you know there's there's a there's some there's some some you know challenges with like you know for example gyroscopes and accelerometers and so on because there's some some phones like they have gyros and some others don't and some others have like you know very cheap crappy you know three axis accelerometers and they, some others they have like six axis with like you know magnetic compass and gyroscope and so so the way those phones uh, you know somehow render or somehow capture movement is very, very different, right? So you have to post-process everything very, very fast and send the packet to PlayStation and turn, tell that platform to turn left, uh, uh, right or turn left or just like move that log. Um, and there's still a lot of like, you know, uh, things that, that you want to map uh, in a particular way. So and encourage the users to just do it a certain way. Uh, but there's always like, you know, you never know how a user is going to be just like holding the phone or if they're going to doing, be doing it too fast or too slow. So we have designed uh, the right way to do it. Um, and, you know, it takes a while just to, to train yourself on how to just like make the most of the controls of Melvis as well. So depending on... On, on your on your like you know if you're like a really anxious player or you're like you know a more calm player right so so yeah all that you know it's just like it's a it's a very new you know technology there's only just like I don't know nine games nine play games so so yeah I think I think it's just like it's it's been a it's been an adventure yeah, <laughs> so nice. for us. Okay. <laughs> but we think it's it's fairly it's pretty good. It's it's it's, uh, it's a very strong title, and that's why I brought you on the show because it needs to be talked and spoken about and chatted about because it's it's what you've done here. Is I can see the technology, and uh, it's because it my what I'm getting at is the controller. Everyone, most people know how to use a smartphone, right? Whereas if you put a controller in someone's hand, to us three. That's okay. We've we've grown up with these things. We're okay with these sixteen button monsters, right? Because they are horrific looking <laughs> with all yeah. these buttons all over them, and it's just like these little. And when you put it in someone who's not used to it, it looks it's quite intimidating. Some people don't even know what way round to hold it. We know because we you know we 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 we, we got through from the um, simple joysticks right through to the N sixty four, and then moved on from then a dual shock we've just evolved over many many years the, well, of course this is how joy pads work how could you not know whereas you've done this well you've broken that barrier away and said you've got a smartphone right you know how to use that right you know you can touch and swipe it a bit and 
you've used you've done those actions on a phone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're just asking you to do that with this game. Is that okay? And it's 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 really that's what I wanted to talk about. Really, is the fact that you've exploited you've got this control mechanism. It's very different to a joy, joy in a regular controller, and then mm-hmm. you've exploited it as much as you can within the technology and the limits that you face. Because you like you say, latency is the biggest killer. Uh, yeah. games, especially it's, games like Beat Saber and stuff like that. With, you know, unless you've got it, unless your the timing's all right, the, the Beat Saber doesn't work. You know, you you, you wave your wand thing, and you just don't hit the thing. It's it, it, that's that's very important. So, my next question is: I'm mm-hmm. aware of the time, but uh, there are enemies in the game. There are bad people running around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the viruses. Yeah, the viruses. So, how have you found designing levels to ensure that they do not present present anything more than an obstacle to overcome? So, what I'm trying to say here is that they are present. They are they they can cause a lot of ruckus. I've found a lot of people focus on the destruction of the enemies rather than the safe exit of the melbits from the level. Um, what, What have you done to communicate to the player how to deal with them? If anything, so there's, um, you know, I don't know if if that's like you know as you, as you very well said in in this game, uh, you know, the barriers are like an like an an added an added uh, obstacle mm. to uh, to the level, and we treat them like that way. Sometimes they're like a movable obstacle. Sometimes they just like throw you like you know, it's a coordination kind of challenge. To overcome the the viruses in a, in some particular levels, um, but the co- I think the coolest thing is like you know if you play really well, they get angry at you. So I don't know. It depends on the level. But there's like you know a threshold uh, that makes the virus jump to your phone, and I don't know if you experienced that already, but it will. If you will, at some point you will, and it's pretty cool because you know. If you're playing well, I mean, if you're getting like, you know, I think it's like when you're saving two melbits and you're getting two seeds in a row, um, the virus jumps at your phone. And when the virus jumps at your phone, there's like a particular mechanic. So each different virus has a different mechanic. So basically it covers your screen um, and you have to perform an action just to get, uh, you know, uh, release your mobile phone from the virus. So when you're when the virus is in your phone, you cannot keep on playing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in that in that way, like the the virus do attack you, in in that in that sense. Uh, so it's a, it's a kind of like you know, when we were thinking about what we do with the enemies, because you need to have enemies. Um, in a puzzle game, it's hard to have enemies. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you treat them more like as a um, as a handicap, right? Right. right. Instead of a, a pure animal that's going to going to go and kill you and chase you and kill you, but but yeah. so I think that was like the the main uh, approach. Yeah, yeah. The, this there's a psychological uh, aspect to it. So obviously, a lot of a lot of elements come from the from the level design and then from the from the original concept for the game, but. But one thing that is important for us is like we we're creating an IP, right? And the Melbits they have to live on, and and for us, it, in a similar way to Pokemon, you you can control the Pokemon during the battles and stuff, but you are not a Pokemon, 
you are not a Melbit. You know, you have to create a relationship with them. And the viruses are the same. Even when you get to kill the virus, you don't kill the virus. You happen to get the Melbit, to get the hammer, and the Melbit goes on his own to, to kill the virus. So you are creating a relationship with both the enemies and the Melbits themselves where you're helping them. You know, so the viruses, as, as I'm always saying, they, they're obstacles, but it's, it's kind of important for us that your relationship with the Melbits is like you take care of them. You are not them, you know, and that, that, um, that motherly uh, relationship uh, with the Melbits, that's going to be something very important for the IP moving on. So that's, that's why you cannot focus on killing them because even if you get the hammer, uh, you, might, you might not kill them because maybe you've defeated the, you, you beat the, the level before that happens or you, know, you just never happen to, to get the hammer. The viruses are, are there you know, to add more fun and challenge you know, because, because at some point like the traps and the level design uh, can use it to make it more fun. But again, it's always about the players and their relationship with, with the level and, and the melody. It's not necessarily about the players killing the killing the, um, the viruses because you can't. You can only help the Melbit do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you're, you're guiding them and you can only assist them as best you can knowing about the world, knowing you're, you have the ability to manipulate the world. They don't. They're just strolling along as best they can in one direction. <laughs> Which they're really good exactly. At. Uh, I love it when they get the hammer, though. They just get really excited. <laughs> and it's just like, it is pretty fun. They're just like smashing the world around them and until they actually hit something they need to hit. It's wonderful. Excellent. So, last question. Thanks. There's a strong element of trial and error in Melbit's world, or, or to, to the game itself. How have you encouraged repeat play in order to overcome frustration and fatigue? frustration fatigue what do you think you do to encourage people to say okay you screwed up it's okay you can you can you can do better what do you think the game does or milbert's world does to to encourage further play so yeah i mean there's there's um a couple of things that we wanted to to do there it's um First of all, when we were like you know developing the game, we were trying to um, envision what would be like the you know when you're doing like a, a you know a co local co-op game, you thinking yourself from a situation point of view, right? So you're with your friends or with your family, and you're gathering around the PlayStation and you want to play a game. Uh, there's not gonna be much much longer than around like 30 minutes or so or 20 something that someone in the table wants to go to the toilet or wants to grab a drink or has to pick a phone or wants to eat a pizza no so we were just trying to figure out okay what is the like the ideal kind of like game length so and we tried to you know at least make sure that people wasn't getting too frustrated to at least three try uh, to overcome like three levels three levels in a row three four levels in a row so if you're if you get in, really get into it it's fairly easy to keep on unlocking levels because you just have to save two melbits but if you want to pick all the seeds and if you want to get the bonus items and you want to have like little surprises so you can add crazy customs to your you know, crazy accessories and to your Melbits, 
when you're customizing them, you have to just like revisit that level. Um, we have a level selector and we have a world selector. So it's, it's all about once you keep on progressing in the game and you're unlocking the different levels and the different worlds, you can always just select them and revisit them just to get like, you know, the highest score. So in, in a way, it's a, it's a, um, so we're trying to give the user the, the freedom just to play as, as much as they want. But thinking in that, you know, that, that, that amount of like, you know, the, the length of that, you know, initial challenge to won't be super, super long just to get some progress, right? That you can just in your next, in your next uh, play or when you play the next time to the game. So I think, you know, and that's something that it's very, um, I think it's, it's very well done in throughout the, the whole playlink uh, line. You have like, you know, the, the average kind of like game uh, length, it's, it's around that, like it's just like 15 to 20 to, you know, 25 minutes. And, and I think it's proven that that's, that's a good, you know, a good way of splitting, you know, the, you know, the ideal kind of progress in the game. So we try to do that. And you're right, that, that kind of length is, is about right because people do get tired and it can be quite exhausting uh, interacting with the screen and the game and, and uh, everyone else. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, for that period, and then it, you know that, that fatigue is, is, is it's a fine line, and again you haven't crossed it, so so well done with that. Um, Thanks. Well, thank you very very much for being on, on the show. It's been fantastic having you on. You've been great guests. Melbourne's World is out now on the PlayStation Four, and you do need an iOS and or Android device to play it on. It supports two to four players. Local player, multiplayer, and um, and also of course the app that you download is completely free. Uh, but you need it in order to interact with with uh, Melbourne's world. Um, but uh, yeah, an entrancing, well designed, well put together experience that uh, I can't recommend highly enough. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for sharing your thoughts in this development and um, chatting about it for so long. So thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, and I wanna I wanna share a message from from David, uh, our creative director. Yeah. Uh, this is just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves to say that. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll end it there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.